We are live. Welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast, where we talk about how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. I'm Rev Ciencio, and today on the show, we welcome Kevin Martinez from Taqueria Los Gueros. Taqueria, oh wow, that's a mouthful. Taqueria Los Gueros, a family-owned and operated 14-unit fast casual restaurant known for serving the most authentic Mexican fast food you'll find in New Jersey. Uh, their signature tropo, sorry, tropo, where did that come from? Their signature tropo makes El Pastor. Look like no other. Kevin oversees all marketing for the brand, is also co-founder of Hamburguesa, a quick service restaurant serving Mexico City style street burgers, and they are delicious. You can go on my social. I posted about it yesterday. Now, fun fact, when Kevin first started in the restaurant biz, he hated it because he wanted to be an architect. Kevin, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. What a great intro. It was definitely a mouthful for sure. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to share some insights and See if I can provide any value to any of the viewers today. There's no doubt in my mind that you will. And, you know, look, we, I, I botched up the intro here. I'm not afraid of it. It also shows that we're real on this show. And the truth is that if they go visit you at either of your restaurants, uh, they will receive a delicious mouthful. So let, let that be a reminder. <laughs> so, listen, this show is about one type of conversation, which is how do you market at the local level? You guys have 14, 14 uh, restaurants. How many counties are you in here in New Jersey? Three, four? Uh, yeah, I think it's between three counties. Uh, we kept them pretty close within like 20 minutes apart. Uh, at first we obviously wanted to do like bigger restaurants, bigger setting. Now the whole pandemic kind of showed us that going smaller, doing kind of like a quick takeout, quick eateries, uh, faster, safer way. So we're doing like a 20 minute apart, small places nowadays. Nice. Uh, for those who are not watching us live, Kevin, can you pop your other earphone in? Cause you keep hitting it with your hand and it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Hey, listen, we're mindful of people's ear quality here. So <laughs> how long has the brand been around? So the original one actually opened like about 10 years ago, the original Taqueria. And then it's probably been about five years since we actually have expanded and developed the brand more to what it is now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we never thought it was going to get to such a, such a level that it is today. So it's, we're still learning. We're still going through the whole process of seeing what works, what doesn't. But I, I guess something is a bit working. I mean, you know, for people that don't live here in, in North Jersey, I feel like every time I'm out in my car, I'm like, oh, my God, they have a new location. Like, how many, <laughs> how many locations have you opened basically since the pandemic? Uh, yeah, so I would say probably like around three locations. It's amazing. We've opened it since the pandemic. And we're looking now currently working on two more to open up. So hopefully we get those done soon. As things are starting to even out and become normal again. <laughs> normal. <right>? Air quotes, <laughs> yeah. air quotes for those, of you, those of you who are not watching the live broadcast, air quotes. All right. So listen, all of your restaurants are, you know, basically the same region. It could be argued like, oh, that makes marketing so much easier. I argue that it doesn't. It's still they each require care and concern. But man, the mic is yours. How do you make sure that every store from a marketing standpoint has what they need? Like what, what does your marketing look like? Uh, well, we tend to really do a lot of checklists. I, I figure that works a lot. Uh, running checklists has to like, oh, okay, this location, do they have the digital screens that we want? Are they putting the, the menus that we are currently using? Are they hanging up the posters that we are, you know, uh, pushing that have the special the specials or the offers that we want people to buy? And we, we try, it's pretty much like a weekly basis. We try to make sure that everything is being updated as much as we can. Uh, in terms of marketing, we try to stay a lot with social. 
I've seen that it's a very low cost entry point and it's very local. Like as much as you can go very broad, you could also go very niche and very local. And it really kind of helps you develop that. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It helps you develop kind of like that comfort within the community. So it's so people kind of feel like, oh, wow, this is in my spot or this is in my town. And I didn't even know. Or, oh, look, this idea is a local taqueria from here. Instead of having to like think of like, oh, wow, look at this chain of the taqueria that you know happens to be here. So that really has helped a lot. Nice. And so when you say social media, I mean, I'm assuming you mean organic. You're not talking about like paid ads on social, correct? I've actually been working like a fine line between both. Okay. Uh, I do feel like social is very important, but I feel like it has the pages and the platforms to start to develop more and start become, you know, they start switching. I feel like to a certain extent, you do have to start promoting in there and start paying for uh, social media as well. But it's all about keeping a fine line. I feel like when people sometimes overspend in social media, they're just kind of wasting their money. But then if you're also not spending, then you're also kind of waiting for something that might not come to you, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, so when you're thinking about your digital ads, so you're, you're placing ads, are you using basically Facebook and Instagram? Or are you using any other digital ads? Uh, yes. So right now we are, at first I did uh, Google. I was doing a lot of AdWords, a lot of kind of search by term AdWords. I stopped doing that just because I figured that a lot of times people would, um, it would bring up searches to people that maybe weren't even in Jersey. Maybe they were in New York, maybe they were in Connecticut and in PA. And then at that point it, is it really worth my money for people from Pennsylvania to click on my ad? Like, are they really going to drive all the way here? So I no. stopped doing that. Even though there was a good amount of clicks and results, at the end of the day, are we really getting people in the door, which was, I think, the most important thing. So I stopped using those. I started, like you said, I started uh, focusing more on Instagram, more on Facebook. Uh, I try to go very by, by address. So I, start, I try to place my ads by the address, and then we do like a radius from that standing point, instead of doing like by, you know, by local or by search word or by, uh, what's another one? I think you can also place it by people's hobbies or their interests. And then I feel like that just brings, brings it a little too broad when, you know, when you're looking for someone that's interested in tacos compared to someone that lives in Hackensack Avenue in Rutherford, for example. God bless. So, so Facebook and Instagram ads have been working. Yeah, tremendously. And then how do you how do you think about your budget for Facebook and Instagram ads? Uh, so I try to divide it. So between here, like in between the Takedi and stuff, we try to make a budget of like maybe let's say uh, between like 20% of uh, whatever we're going to spend within the expenses of this month per se or this quarter. And then we try to, we've been implementing 20%. And from there, I try to go 80 uh, social media. And then 20%, I use it for anything else that come along. Uh, whether it be printing, whether it be maybe uh, giving out free food for like small influencers, uh, whether it be maybe a free giveaway that we're doing a collaboration with someone else. So I try to keep it 80-20. I really feel like it's the time to go very bullish on social media right now as it's still very uh, organic in a way. And once it starts kind of, you know, switch shifting over into not as organic as much, then that's when I'm probably going to switch social media to maybe 50% or even 40%. But I feel like right now it's still a good time to go very bullish on social media. Nice. Now, uh, when you're running social ads, are you 
logging into business manager or ads manager on Facebook and you're creating ads? Like, are you doing that or do you outsource it? How do you get your ads done? No, so I do 50-50. I do 50% of the ads to do social, to business management on Facebook. It's really great. Now they have really updated all the, a lot of the settings, a lot of the things you're able to curate uh, specifically. It, it gives you a lot of stats as well. It gives you like a lot of feedback as to how your ads are performing, uh, where things are getting placed, who's clicking on what. So it's definitely a good uh, source of being able to, I put 50% of my ads through there. And then my other 50%, I do them directly through Instagram. Just because it's a quick kind of show, I don't really need to see too many statistics. I just kind of need to see, all right, are people sharing it? Are people clicking on it? Uh, how many people are coming to the profile? Uh, how many people are actually following our page? Uh, where are these people from? And the Instagram kind of gives you that those analytics now. It gives you like where they're from, uh, what what's their age group, what town they're from, what city they're from. So I feel like certain ads, I just need to have those analytics and other ads that maybe are a longer campaign. I need to have more statistics. So I run through the business, the business portal. So I want to make sure I understand. So you're saying that you're doing boosted posts as well? Correct. So I do 50% boosted posts and 50% I do through the business uh, portal. That's awesome. Now, how do you, I mean, you kind of just ran through this a little bit, but like, how do you measure the effectiveness of your paid campaigns? I think it, it really comes down to what's your, your personal goal. So for example, some of the posts that I boost are for the sake of just getting people onto our page. So they get to see the things that we offer. Uh, so when it comes to like, let's say I want, you know, people to see our page, I see how many people are actually following and clicking on the profile. And that kind of tells me, oh, this is a good image or a good video. And we need to kind of recreate more of these. Or maybe people are not clicking to the profile. So maybe those are not good. It wasn't a good campaign. Got it. All right. So cl clicks matter to you. Clicks. And then obviously if there's other things that maybe we want to get a sell, which is where I use the business portal. Then I see how many people are going directly to the website and which how many people are actually ordering instead of just coming to the profile. So even though we might get a lot of profile visits for those ads, the ones that I want people to actually order, it might not receive as many purchases. So maybe that was not a good campaign. Okay. So I think you really got to kind of have it to what's your goal for that specific one. And you can't really go too broad with like, oh, you know, like if I'm getting a lot of clicks then that's a successful one. You might get a lot of clicks, but that might not be your goal for that campaign. So I don't consider it successful. Sure. So how are you measuring? So, all right. So when you're placing an ad in ads manager, right. Mm -hmm. And you're giving people a link to click on to place an order. How are, how are you tracking the conversion? I mean, are you running a pixel? Like, are you doing any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I do connect the pixel uh, to the website. So that allows you to actually see how many, like, for example, once I see the analytics of the website, it tells you, how many people came from Instagram and then the ones that came from Instagram, how many actually clicked on the order button and how many ran an order. So I try to follow those things when I'm running like a business campaign. Very cool, man. Awesome. I, I'm a firm believer that social media ads are an incredible way to get awareness from new guests. Like it's the easiest, fastest, cheapest way to hit yeah. a audience. Um, are you running your ads? Like you're just placing them like one geographic or are you doing it per store? Are you doing regions? How are you doing that? Yeah. So going back to the same thing, uh, I'll give you an example for right now. Like we did Kearney. We saw that we did the opening and we did the free tacos. 
So for that one, we were doing specifically, we were running ads in the Kearney location, like in the radius of like three miles from Kearney, from the address of the restaurant. And, um, and I try to do that for all of them. So like, let's say, unless we're running like a general ad, like it's kind of saying, hey, Taco Tuesday, come get your five tacos. And I know they can get them in any of the taquerias. It's not specific to one, one single one. Then I run them, let's say, per like, um, yeah, like per counties, I guess, like a whole broad area. But when I'm doing specific ads for certain places or if I see that a store has less sales and we kind of want to boost it up, we want to people to start ordering from there or make them aware that we have that store in that location, then I do them specifically to that address. So I, I play back and forth. Mm-hmm. I try to do so the campaign, If the campaign's more evergreen or kind of works for any store, you're expanding what your geographic looks like versus mm-hmm. I'm opening a new store. It's going to be hyper-local. Correct. 100%. God bless. All right. Ads. Check mark. <laughs> what, <laughs> what other kind of marketing are you doing? Uh, so recently I've been diving a lot into trying to get, I guess, local influencers. So sometimes that can be people that actually have a good amount of high numbers on their social media, or that could be people that don't have high numbers, but they have high engagement in their profiles and they're known in the local area. So I usually, I try to keep it very broad. Uh, I try to get athletes. I try to get musicians. I try to get artists. I try to get foodies, uh, people that do food uh, pages. And I try to, you know, provide them some type of value, whether it be the food or be monetary in exchange to get the man, try out the food, maybe get a couple photos, maybe get a couple videos. That's one thing. Uh, for ex- we also, for our Passaic location, a lot of our uh, customers are still very used to getting print in their mail, getting print in, in, in a piece of paper. So we run, we still print some menus, we print some uh, advertisers on you know physical papers. We print them out and we kind of hang them out in the city. So that also is another thing that we're still doing. Uh, slowly, people are starting to catch on into whole, the whole digital, the digital landscape of kind of seeing a picture and clicking on the ad. And but in our Pacific location, we we've noticed that that doesn't work as much. It's not as effective. So we're still kind of printing flyers out, even though I don't think it's the best use of your money, but <laughs> it works. So <laughs> you can't 100% change everything. Well, look, this show is about exploring how you market at the local level. So you're saying that you've taken the time to understand the different needs of different stores and then applied a plan to help with that store. So for, for the Passaic store, which for those, again, who are listening to the audio and not watching us live is like three minutes that way, uh, <laughs> probably seven minutes, I think, from where you are. Um, are you doing direct mail to people's houses or are you distributing menus? A different? How are you doing that? Uh, we were. So I was doing direct mail, but I've noticed that prices have gone tremendously with direct mail and a lot of the times I feel like people even throw that out because they see it's kind of like an ad so they're like oh you know what <laughs> garbage <laughs> like I'm not even going to look at it I'm sure. not going to waste my time so now what we do is that we actually put some type of special like I make a flyer that has a special and then we put them in the orders themselves so when we put them like for example orders of Uber Eats, DoorDash, Delivery, Takeout we put a flyer inside the bag and then we kind of give them an incentive for them to return or for them to pass it on to someone else and kind of have that person order from us. Okay, so so it's so not really direct mail. So if somebody places an order from Tagore Los Cueros, right? You're saying you're putting a flyer in the bag that gets them either to come back or to pass it on to a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, are you doing that in people who order directly and people who order from like Grubhub or just one or the other? How's that work? From all of them. 
So I don't. I used to do direct mail, but I stopped just because I felt like the price was not worth it. And you can't even track who how many people actually came back from there unless you put some type of direct offer that is only that direct mail flyer. So I didn't like the fact that it was very blank, the analytics of it, and I couldn't really tell if it was worth the money. I didn't like the price either. I feel like it was way too much. You're spending money printing. You're spending money uh, taking them to, you know, someone taking them to the mailbox. You're spending money in the actual post office from the post office to deliver them. So I stopped doing that. Um, back in the day, we used to actually give out flyers by hand. So we would have someone standing outside of the door and just give out a flyer to whoever walked by. Uh, we stopped because of the whole COVID thing, obviously. But uh, so now what we do is that, yeah, we put the flyers within the orders of anybody that orders from any type of you know uh, platform. Okay, so I, I place an order for delivery from Grubhub, right? Mm-hmm. For, for, for Taco Los Cueros. It comes to my house. There's a flyer in there, okay? And you're giving me an incentive to go to your website in order, correct? You're basically doing, it's a conversion move. Correct. Yeah, correct. Whether like I, your website, I don't get another discount from Grubhub. I have to order directly from you. Correct. Either that or you can do like a pickup. So we also do offer a lot of pickups. Okay, another thing that we also, party still, it's ordering from you. Correct. Another thing that we also did is uh, that you'd be surprised how many people actually are pretty okay with it. But sometimes we even take a bunch of flyers and we bring a bunch of orders of tacos and we go to like, let's say any local business and we kind of tell them, Hey, here's some tacos. You might never leave my flyers here for my restaurant. And a lot of people don't mind just, you know, having them on the corner on a shelf or something. So someone else can maybe take them. Pick them nice. Up. Um, I don't get a lot of foot traffic at my house, but you're welcome to do- drop off flyers and tacos anytime you like. So, <laughs> or or, or hamburguesas. So you, yeah, we'll go with you. Anyway, it, <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm assuming there's a code on there and then you're tracking the code in your POS or whatever. Yeah, or this is a specific offer. So like that's why, that's how we know. So we have like a special button, for example, that's related to that offer that we provided in that flyer. And then once we oh, see, so it's, know, a special, it's a special menu item so they can. Um, no. So for like example, like it's a special, it's like a, it's like a special offer that I know that only that flyer has. So like, let's say uh, if you bring this flyer or if you order from us, you're going to get a uh, 20% off and you get a free soda. So once I see that in the POS, they actually gave that offer, which is, you know, we have a button that says 20% off and a free soda. Then that's how we know they use that flyer. Or somebody new from that flyer specifically, and, spe- and I don't mention that offer anywhere else. It's just that specific flyer has that specific offer. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah. Um, you, I'm assuming you're on third party, your Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats type stuff. Correct. How how important is that to your business? Um, I feel like if you don't have a very developed delivering system, it, it is. And it also gets you a lot of people in the door, the people that might not even know about the restaurant itself. Uh, it gets, it gives, it gives them the chance because we also get a lot of first timers directly through there. So I think it is, I think it's really important to get it. But I feel like as you're getting it, you should already be seeing how you're gonna get out of it. So like, what's the point of getting it? How is it gonna help you? And how do you plan on eventually stepping out of the service? Just Got because it. they take a big cut. 
Uh, so I agree. Third party is a great way to acquire new guests, right? They, they, there yeah. are people on there who are hungry and you have tacos. And so, amen. <laughs> Probably a lot of people searching for tacos. Other than the, <laughs> the bag stuffer method, how else are you converting people who, who discover you on Uber Eats? How are you getting them to order from you directly? Uh, yeah, that one's a tricky one. I've actually been testing a lot of ways. The, I saw the flyer method was the easiest way for me to track how many people actually order again. And how many are actually people that maybe we can convert them to the website? Um, yeah, no. Aside from that, we haven't really, we haven't really tried. We haven't planned a way of getting them out of the Uber Eats into the website. Because I know through Uber Eats you can run a lot of offers, but that keeps them within the Uber Eats system. So yeah, aside from the flyer, I haven't really found myself a, a way to get them into the website. It's not easy. Uh, can, can conversion rates are low, but hey, this is a restaurant business. We're used to things being difficult. Uh, and it really, it's a game of incrementality. So you get a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here. And over time, you know. Correct. Yeah. You hope that eventually people are going to start moving on. <laughs> do you, do you, are your prices on third party more expensive than ordering direct? We do a bit. Um, we didn't do it in the beginning, but then I saw that that also is a good incentive. If you actually let people know, hey, you can order from our menu online and it's actually cheaper. So they are a, a couple cents more. Um, but yeah, we didn't like it, but I feel like it works. So we, we give it a try. I think everybody's doing it. So all right. So, <laughs> so before we got on, on live here for everybody else to, to, to digest this, you were talking to me about SEO. How does SEO play into your marketing plan? What do you do there? Um. Yeah, I mean, we try to keep a good analytic side of how people are visiting the website, how many people were keeping on the website, how many people were ordering. It, I mean, honestly, me personally, I don't get much of it. Maybe I'm not 100% aware of how to use it properly. It gives me like a good idea of seeing the traffic, tracking the traffic as to how many people are getting, people are discovering the website for the first time, uh, where these people are from. But, um, but yeah, I, myself, I feel like the analytics itself hasn't given me enough for me to spend much time on it. I do feel like you need to have the basics down and you need to have it integrated, but I feel like it's not something that you should focus as much once it comes to actually getting customers in. God bless. Uh, Again, it could just be me. Yeah. It could just be me. I'm sure some people make like great use of it. You guys are rapidly expanded, so something's going right. Um, <laughs> we spent a significant two-thirds of our time here talking about acquisition. Um, let's talk about retention. How do you get your guests to come back and re make repeat visits and repeat purchases? Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of it has to obviously do with the customer service. So as we're expanding very rapidly as well, we run into those issues of not teaching or not uh, training people correctly or people getting trained and then they don't get reinforced. So then the service starts to lack a bit. Uh, service, I think, plays a big role. I can push how important it is to train your employees, uh, culture them, you know, create a, uh, uh, a culture within. Uh, I feel like once you're providing a good service, you're providing a good food, and then you're also giving offers from time to time, I feel like that's a really good way to kind of keep people repeating and coming back for for once again, hey, I'm going to go visit them because I can use this coupon or I'm going to go visit them because I got a really good service last time. Uh, it works for myself as well. Like when I go to a place and I see, you know, the, the, the coffee was good, 
the service was great. I'm like, you know what? I'm going there again. Like, I have no reason to go anywhere else. So I would definitely emphasize, I know this is not, I guess, so much marketing, but I would emphasize really training your staff as much as you can. Uh, tell, teach them about the story of the business. Tell them maybe why certain coffee tastes different than the other one. Make them know that why some person might enjoy a cappuccino instead of a latte. Um, where your coffee comes from, going back to the coffee example. And um, and then I feel like that just honestly kind of speaks for itself. You know, that just gets people to return and return. And when it comes to the marketing aspect of it, then I try to do some, some sales, some offers. Like, hey, or we even sometimes tell our employees to kind of mention and an offer that we have. So then maybe next time that they come back, they're able to try that offer. So for example, we have a special that we give uh, specials from Monday through Thursday. We give them for $5.99 each day of the week. We have like a burrito, a taco, a torta, and a quesadilla special. So let's say we tell our staff that if someone comes in and that they order for Taco Tuesday, to also let them know that we have something for Wednesday and Thursday as well. So maybe they can come those days as well. Uh, we also have a 30 taco dollar special. That's 30 tacos for $30. So that's another one that if we see that a family comes and they order, you know, seven different orders, then we tell the staff to let them know that maybe next time they can take a taquisa, which is the $30 special. They can order that next time as well. So that maybe kind of gives them the incentive to like, oh, you know what? I bought this. I liked it. I'm going to come back to maybe try that one out next time. Uh, quick departure. Have you ever had one person eat all 30 tacos? <laughs> no, not one person, but I have seen couples that eat 30 tacos, which amazes me, honestly. I don't know how they do it. Uh, well, well, I'm actually working on a special, on a, on a little challenge, so I'm going to come up with a 30 taco special. <laughs> Interesting. We should, we should talk offline. Uh, <laughs> I, me and, and, and Chris Putignanu, who's a Chris, Crispy Eats on Instagram, I think you don't know, maybe you know this, he and I ate 100 nuggets at Burger King. So oh, snap. No way. <laughs> maybe we could do 30 tacos. I did not know that. <laughs> yes, then I think we should talk offline. <laughs> God bless. All right. So, so you're saying that you're using your staff as part of your marketing, right? So like they don't just take orders, right? Listen, you walk into most restaurants, the staff takes orders. They know how to provide good service. But what you're saying is that you power your your staff to be able to talk about upsells, to talk about cross-sells, to talk about repeat visits. Hey, thanks for coming today. By the way, next time you're in blah, 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 you know, check the state. You have their active attention, right? Correct, correct. And again, it comes back to the training and the fast expansion sometimes doesn't allow us to all staff members actually do that. But it's something that I feel like you, anybody can implement and it can work tremendously if you put the time to train them and teach them and tell them, hey, just do that. Hey, why did you forget to mention the specials? <laughs> you know, like, little yeah, by little. If you see the bald guy in the Hawaiian shirt, tell him about the 30 tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Are you, do you do anything with email? Is email part of the, the Tacarillo Squaros marketing plan? I do. I, me personally, I feel like it's not as much of a return for the, the time that it can take. I know nowadays there's a lot of programs that kind of automatically, they automatically send out emails and stuff. Um, I do use it occasionally, like whenever we're doing an opening, whenever we're doing a very big offer that is for all the restaurants. When Cinco de Mayo comes, I use it. Uh, when it's big holidays for Christmas, the Super Bowl, I use it. But I'm not emphasizing as much attention. I feel like the return of your time can be put somewhere else, and you're going to get a better return of investment. Interesting. Uh, and it's funny. I, you know, I do this show every other week. I've talked to, you know, 
marketing leaders from all sizes of business and everybody has a different answer. You know what I mean? Of how they, some some people sure go number one, you're saying email doesn't work. Like it just goes to show that there isn't a one size fits all marketing plan for this business. You know yeah. A hundred percent. And you got to see what you also find yourself interested in that actually like you feel like you understand a hundred percent. Cause, uh, cause you know, I feel like everything works. Like, don't get me wrong. I think everything works just as I see that print flyers work. And that's something that maybe most don't believe in. I think email also does work, but I just, me personally, I feel like it's not something that really grabs my attention. I don't understand it a hundred percent. And I just, like I said, I don't feel like it gives you the best return. It, well, the, point, the point is, is you've taken the time to understand what works for your brand, what works for your locations and you, you adjust. All right. Now, before we depart here, Mr. Kevin Martinez from Taco Los Coyos, tell me about the trompo. The trompo. Yes. So that's actually a uh, very iconic in Mexico. It's the trompo it's made, it came from the, it's the way they adopted to create the meat from the Lebanese. Cause you know, as you know, they have like the gyros and they have also the donner. I think that's, I don't know exactly what culture that is. The donner and the gyro. And they use the same method of creating the trompo and they, they probably don't call it a trompo. They put lamb or they put beef or they put chicken. So actually in Mexico, they adopted that from them, from immigrants that came and use those ways of prepping the meat. But since in Mexico, there's not much lamb nor chickens, they ended up using pork because there was a lot of uh, pork over there. And, and yeah, so it's just kind of like this big setup of the meat that gets stuck up into, you know, we, we cut up the piece of meat, we slice it into steaks, then we marinate it, and then we stack it up into, you know, depending how big we need to make the trompo. So then oh, the, the meat gets roasted and it's spinning around and the outer layer gets roasted and then we shave it off. And God bless. It. If you want to see what this looks like, go follow Tacorillos Cueros on uh, social because <laughs> I see it on there all the time. And every time I see it, I'm like, I should go get some. I need some tacos. <laughs> yeah, I need some. No, 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 I need your tacos, not just any tacos. <laughs> all right, well, hey, Kevin Martinez and Tacorillos Los Cueros, thank you for joining us today. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or the brand, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, uh, anything, social media, I'm there. Uh, send me a DM through the page. It's Taqueria Los Gueros with a period between Taqueria and Los Gueros. Uh, you can also find us in Via Hamburguesa. I'm also there too. I, I'm constantly active. I'm constantly trying to mar uh, monitor what's going on, people reaching out to us. You can also send us an email. I, uh, I try to be as active as I can in the email. Or I even have a number on the page, on the Instagram page, and you can also text me there. Uh, we have a text number that you can also text directly, and I try to get back to everybody. Love that. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, Thanks that, that joined me. the show live today. Uh, if you're listening to the show on the podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. Uh, we appreciate you joining the Restaurant Marketing Podcast and make it a great, tasty day.